0: Thank you for joining us today on the Vision Church Podcast. Our mission is to lead people to Christ and help them live out God's vision for their life. Our teaching team has crafted a message that hopefully can encourage, inspire, and also challenge you on your walk. Make sure you subscribe so you never have to miss another episode, and we hope that you enjoy the message. So I love this series, Guardrails. Pastor Matt has spoke about how to guard our hearts, which is extremely important because everything else flows from our heart. And today we are talking about how to deal with tough emotions. And that could be a really heavy subject for some people. So I want to start with something funny. Is that okay with you guys? This joke, some people may not find it funny, but please laugh so at least I can think that you find it funny, okay? And you, better talk back, you, you better talk back to me today. I'm not, I'm not talking just to a camera. We have lots of people in here. So once upon a time, a mom, it was her birthday party. She had three sons. The first son said, Oh, mom, I love you so much. I'm going to give you a wonderful house. Picture, please. of house. It's, it's a beautiful house, white painted brick. It's beautiful. The second, the second son said, Mom, I'm going to give you a brand new car. Why? Because I love you, Mom. And the, the third son said, Mom, since you lost your hearing and you're deaf, I'm going to give you a parrot that can recite the whole Bible for you so you can still experience God's word. What such sweet gifts! So a few months later, the sons came back over for Thanksgiving. The mom said, oh son number one, the house is way too big. I just get lost in it. It's just too much to clean, I don't like it. Son number two, the car's too fast. It just doesn't work best for me. Son number three, the chicken was delicious. (laughs) Some of you guys may catch on to that in a few minutes. You'll, You'll get that. But I wanted to start with that because emotions control our lives. Emotions mean a lot to us. They hit us right here at the core. And sometimes in life, we are just going to have to deal with tough emotions. A lot of times we can deal with happy emotions, whether you get a new car, whether you get a parrot that can recite the whole Bible, or whether you're just having a good day. But oftentimes we have to deal with tough emotions. And I want to talk about how we can set better guardrails in our lives to ultimately live a better life and manage our emotions better. So first of all, I want you to actually start out with a story about guardrails. A few weeks ago, we installed some new lights that are shining on, on me right now up here. And as you can tell, that ceiling is pretty high up. Would you agree? And actually, I want to hear who would be comfortable climbing up a ladder or scaffolding up to that ceiling? A few people. Okay, we have less than seven. That's what I expected. So there's something that's called scaffolding. Can you put up the first picture, please? That is what scaffolding should look like. It can fit into the back of a truck bed and you assemble it you catch I'm the one who assembles it and I'm the one who climbs up it, which means it's not installed professionally. But what's funny about this project with the scaffolding is we actually had two phases of it. For those of you who were here about a year ago, our church used to meet facing that way and we had all the lights facing that way, which as you can probably tell, was a problem when we moved this way because there was no lights on us. So I said, here, let's, rent some, let's rent, rent some scaffolding. I'm gonna climb up there and adjust the lights. Except for the first time, the rental company didn't include the railing. So it looks like this. Ooh, and luckily, whenever we added some lights a few weeks ago, they included the railing. I was like, this is amazing, man. Why don't they do this more often? And when I was doing research, they should always include the railing. The guy maybe just didn't like me or he just forgot, or I'm not sure, but I want you to leave that picture up there without the railing. Whenever I'm up there, trust me, I am not right up next to the edge. My toe's not hanging off. If I see my shadow, I'm not gonna step off so I can wave. I'm staying far away from the edge. Whenever you go back to the previous picture, you see there's railing. And even though it makes me appear that I'm safer, if you notice, it doesn't actually keep me further away from the edge. It's all mental. Because I'm not obviously I'm not gonna stick my foot off of there. And I'm curious how many times in our how many times in our lives are we running around without having those guardrails to keep us up? And instead, we're just being just so terrified of life. And how much more could you increase the quality of your life if you just put some guardrails up? Something about guardrails is that no one has ever regretted setting a guardrail, but plenty of people wish that they would have. Let me say that again. No one has ever regretted setting a guardrail, but plenty of people wish that they would have. So whenever I was up there the first time, I guarantee you, I regretted asking if they had extra railing because it affected the project I was working on. I was so terrified of falling off the edge. I was like, let me stay far back. And it just messed with me. and I didn't even do as good of a job as I could have. The second time, whenever I had the railing, I had so much more confidence, I could work up there and I could stay focused on the project that I was working on. So in your life, I want to encourage you and hopefully inspire you today to add some guardrails for your emotions so that even if sometimes you are pushed closer to the edge, that you don't fear because you know that you have set yourself up well to guard your emotions. So why is this important? Why are emotions even important to us? Well, our emotions affect our behavior and in time, our behavior will reflect our hearts. Check that out. Our emotions affect our behavior. And through time, our behavior will begin to reflect our hearts. And that's why we started this series saying that the most important thing to guard is your heart, because everything else flows from it. So I wanna run through two basic points about our emotions. Number one is that God gives us emotions. And it's okay to have emotions because God has emotions. Now, I will say some people have more or some people have less emotions. Some ladies, if you drop your, your cup of coffee on the ground, it'll ruin your entire week. You will cry. You'll post about it. You'll ask for prayer in your women's group chat. I mean, you'll, if anything, you'll just talk, you'll post on Facebook and be like, girl, you just dropped your coffee. What's up? And some guys, they'll break their foot while working on a project outside. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I'm good. And some people, they just have different levels of emotions but no matter how emotional you are, I want to let you know that it is okay to be emotional because God gives us emotions. An example of a loving emotion from God is John 3:16. for God so loved the world. It's okay to love. And sometimes with love, it comes heartbreak. Heartbreak doesn't come from God, but because we have the ability to love, sometimes you will experience heartbreak. And that's an emotion that God gives us the ability to love. Now, God also has a righteous anger emotion because Psalm 711 says God is a righteous judge, a God who displays his wrath every day. But through this, God is emotional, yet perfect. I wanna make sure we get that. Emotions does not show, um, um, just because someone's emotional doesn't mean they're weak. It doesn't mean they have gaps because God is emotional, but he is completely perfect. Some emotions of God is that God is compassionate. Psalm 103, 13 says, "'As a father has compassion on his children, So the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. God can show grief. Some of you guys are like, wait, what? How can God show grief? He's perfect. Yes, he is, but God can still show grief. Psalm 78, 40 says, how often they rebelled against him in the wilderness and grieved him in the wasteland. God can show jealousy with the Israelites in Exodus 25. It says, you shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Do you know it's okay to feel jealous in a healthy way? Because God has jealousy. God is jealous whenever people turn from him and go to sin. Of course, God God can show love. 1 John 4, 19 says we love because he first loved us. And real quick, I want to touch on this. For people who are in a tough spot, the presence of grief does not mean the absence of God. You can still be in right standing with the Lord You could still be living a life of integrity, a life that honors God and still grieve. Okay, God has not left you if you're in a spot or a season of grieving. For some people, it may be a couple, you may have been in a season of years of grieving, but I at least just wanna encourage you today, that does not mean that God's left you. But it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So I wanna touch on this real quick. If you are grieving right now, That does not mean God's not with you. It means he's able to be there with you in that moment if you call on his name because weeping may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. So if you're grieving right now in the name of Jesus Christ, God, I speak hope and faith to anyone dealing with the spirit of grief right now, God. I pray that you just touch them in this moment, God. I pray that you just enlighten them with the Holy Spirit, God, that they would just feel you in this moment and know that they're not alone in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Point number two, is our body is affected by our emotions. Especially men, I'm, gonna, I'm, just, I'm just gonna talk to the men real quick. Sometimes we could say, no, it doesn't. I'm just, I'll just sort of buckle down. I'll work a few extra hours. I'll try to increase my max at the gym. I'll try to make some more money. Emotions don't mess with me. Yes, they do. Emotions affect us. Proverbs 17:22 says, "'A cheerful heart is good medicine, "'but a crushed spirit dries up the bones.'" I want you to leave that verse up there. Now, I'm, I'm gonna do something I'm very careful about doing, but I actually wanna share what I interpret that verse as, and this is not to say that my version's better. This is just what came to my spirit whenever I read it. A cheerful heart brings life, but a crushed spirit brings death. And I came up with that because good medicine, people take medicine to be healthy and dries up the bones, that brings death. Pretty self-explanatory. So whenever I interpreted that, the first time I read it, a cheerful heart brings me life. But if I walk around with a crushed spirit, it will eventually bring me death. Why is this important? Because if you're struggling with your emotions, you cannot just put them on a shelf in a closet and never touch them because eventually it will eat away at your core from the inside out. And that's not me saying that. That's God's word saying that. Whenever he says cheerful heart is good medicine, but if you just walk around with a crushed spirit, it dries up the bones. So I want to ask real quick, on the scale of one to 10, I want you to show me with your hands, how are we dealing with our emotions? I just want us to be honest for a second. I just want to see, how are some people doing? Some people are a one saying, yep, one is one is just awful. It's pitiful. Ten saying, I'm wonderful. Five saying, I'm glad it's the weekend, but Monday's tomorrow. I just want to see how of us are doing with our emotions. So I can tell there's some high numbers, there's some low numbers. And I just want to encourage you that God is with you in this moment. And even if you're a one or a two, that does not mean that God has left you. But instead, God's reaching out his hand to you and saying, I'm here for you. Amen. 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 I agree with that. I agree with that. But what's interesting about this is, wouldn't you think all of us should be doing better with our emotions since we have more advanced technology? I did some research. The first computer was $400,000. You can get a Chromebook for $100 today. So shouldn't we be doing better with our emotions now that we have better and cheaper technology? We have more payment options with Klarna and Afterpay, 90 days, same as cash, because who in the world wants to wait for a layaway or even a savings account? That's like a cuss word to some people. If we have all those options to, to go out and buy what we want right now, shouldn't our emotions be doing better? For those, of you, for those young people who don't know, layaway is if you want an item. If you want a TV from Best Buy for $1,000, I don't think they offer this anymore. Now, nowadays, you just walk in there, you, have, you pay for five cents a month until you die. But layaway is you walk in there with a the $100 bill for 10 months, And upon them getting the the 10th bill, you get the TV. Ew, who would want that? You hear the sarcasm in my voice. But because we can get anything we want now, shouldn't our emotions be healthier and better? We have more connectivity through various free social media apps. I did some research. Facebook has 3.5 billion users, Instagram at 1.4, and TikTok at 1.1 billion users. So with all those opportunities to connect with people, shouldn't we be facing loneliness less. And instead, we just feel so warm and connected and invited with everyone. No. In case, in case you were confused, no. You can video chat through FaceTime, Facebook Messenger, Zoom, if someone still uses Skype. I'm not really sure. But since we can video chat with anyone in the world pretty much at any time, shouldn't our connections be much stronger and man, our emotions be healthier? Finally, we can get notifications pretty much anywhere. The new Apple Vision was just released this past week. You, instead of an Apple Watch, because you'd have to look at it, you could wear goggles and a notification will pop up, and you don't, have to look at, you don't even have to look for it. Notifications are right there. If you don't have $3,500 to drop on that, then you could use your Apple Watch. If you don't have that, you pull out your phone. You could be notified anytime time throughout the day. So shouldn't we be getting better, or is our society getting worse? It's getting worse. So I did some research, anxiety rose from shy of 8% in 2008 to 14.66% in 2018 for 18 to 25 year olds, based off the national liberty of medicine. So it increased pretty rapidly, just over 10 years. And at least for me, that's interesting because that's about the period of time iPhones became more accessible, social media became more popular, more financing options became more easily accessible, but our anxiety increased. Depression rose in adolescents from 8.3% to 15.7% through the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. So anxiety and depression has constantly rose over the years, but our technology and our accessibility has gotten easier. What am I trying to say? Everything I mentioned before is not the answer to this problem. In a way, I think it's actually the inverse. I think in a way, it's hurting us. I think the more time I spend on Facebook trying to connect with the guy who's trying to scam me on Marketplace in Nigeria, I think the more, <laughs> for those of you who laughed are the ones who fell for it before, but the more time I spend in front of a screen, the more time that I maybe spread my margins too thin with my money, the more time I spend on FaceTime and not face-to-face or in God's word, the more I start to suffer. That may be just me. I have a feeling some other people struggle with that as well. And why is this an issue? Because sin breaks everything that once was beautiful. This started in the Garden of Eden. It was beautiful and perfect until Eve ate the forbidden fruit. And ever since that point, sin has started eating away at whatever God has called beautiful. Now, I'm not saying that social media is evil or it's from the devil, or I'm not saying financing's from the devil or FaceTime's from the devil. But what I'm saying is that none of those things are the answer to the solution. Only Jesus Christ can fill a problem that sin created. And if you don't rely on Jesus Christ, you're trying to fill a solution with an answer that will never work. So later today, we're gonna have a chance to get rid of some emotional baggage here in church. I'm gonna challenge you guys with a faith step. So in the meantime, I want you to at least start thinking in the back of your minds, or some of you may already know, some of you may be on your mind 24/7. but what's something that you're struggling with? I'm gonna have you write it down in a little bit. But again, I still want you to keep thinking in case the Holy Spirit changes that answer for you. We're going to have a chance to do that later. So before we do that, I want to talk about how we don't fix the problem with our emotions going all over the place. How many of you have heard of the term, just follow your heart? Just follow your heart. Just you do you, boo. Ins and outs. YOLO, you only live once, boo. It's okay. It's just the weekend. I know you ain't got no money. I know you're broke, but you could just finance that McDonald's. It's $2 a week for the next two months. Billion years. It's okay. Just follow your heart. Man, if I followed my heart, I'd be a terrible person. Would you? I'd be a terrible person. Why? Because sin tampers what God created. And that's why we need Jesus Christ to follow and not just our hearts. Because our flesh is weak. There are times whenever I feel tempted to say, Man, that person just cut me off in traffic. I don't want to just beep at them. I want to, like, have their car get out, of the, get out of the road. Oh, you know it's not just me. There's times where if I followed my heart, I'd be a bad person. I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I'm saying I have to rely on the mercy and the blood of Jesus Christ to come and change me from the inside out. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? But First John 3:20 says, we know that God is greater than their hearts and he knows everything. What am I trying to say? your heart knows nothing. God knows everything. Bottom line, God God is omniscient. It means that he is knowledgeable incalculable, and without end. So either I can rely on my own strength and whatever I think is best, that probably actually got me into the spot of dealing with emotions at times, or I can follow God who is omniscient and who is the one that has all the knowledge and the power. So that's how we don't fix it. But how can we flourish? I have six points, I would recommend writing them down because even if you don't need this today, God may put someone in your path to share this with, or I guarantee you there'll be a time whenever you can use this in your valley. So how can we flourish? Number one, we have to be honest. We have to overcome denial and admit that we need help. And oftentimes, and I'm just gonna say, especially for men, this is a pride issue. We have to admit that I am not enough to do it on my own. We have to say, God, you are greater than me, I need your help. I may not know how to fix it, but God, I'm at least saying, I'm right here in the spot that says, I need help. Then you have to ask yourself, what areas of my life do I need to improve? And you you can of course ask people who are in your circle. You can ask a counselor, but I challenge you to take a step further and ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, what areas of my life do I need to improve? And if you want to say an extra bold prayer, you say, Holy Spirit, I pray that you show me areas in my life I need to improve that I may not even know about. Again, you can try doing this in your own strength or you can rely on God's. Number two is you need to find the root. I don't want to just treat, I just don't want to treat the symptoms. I want to treat the root of what's causing this issue. Is it childhood trauma? Is it a past relationship? Is it a soul tie with the previous sex partner? Is it a bad choice that you made that got you into this spot? You have to figure out what is the root problem. Now, I'm going to give you some good news and some bad news. The bad news is that you're going to have to find and dig and find that problem, and you're going to have to admit you've messed up somewhere or something's harmed you along the way. The good news is that you don't have to solve it, on your, you don't have to solve it by yourself. You have an advocate who will join you in this battle, and he will fight for you to push through it. Number three, you have to run to Jesus. If you go anywhere else, it will end in absolute failure. Step one, of course, you have to give your life to Christ. That is, that is the basis from where we're starting because emotions will never be healthy without this step in our lives. We have to give our lives to Jesus Christ. Maybe some of you gave your lives to Christ years ago and you've drifted off and say, today I'm gonna to come back to Christ. I'm gonna rededicate my life to Jesus Christ. And step three or option three, Some of you may be saying, hey, I love Jesus Christ. I've been following God. I haven't drifted off too far. Then I challenge you to make an ongoing effort to keep pursuing Christ. Because if we take our eyes off of him, we are going to fall short. Number four is to create safer guardrails or a boundary in your life. If your Aunt Susie makes you so mad to the point where you want to throw a plate every time she's around you, spend less time with her. Wait, what? Yes, spend less time with her. If depression comes from seeing Instagram influencers who appear to have a better life than you, some of them are probably miserable anyway, then delete that person, block, block, block that person, delete the app, get them out of your life. If anxiety comes from money, learn how to manage money God's way. If anger comes from a previous soul tie, ask the Holy Spirit to break it. If shame comes from porn, then get accountability in your life. If temptation comes from friends at the bar, get new friends. Find ways to increase guardrails in your life. Like I said before, no one has ever regretted setting a guardrail, but there are plenty who wish they would have. And this is something where you'll have to spend some time with the Lord this week. You can do it whenever you're driving in the car. Um, I don't think, I mean, it, it may work, but at least I know for me, it works best to have these conversations with God. Whenever I sit down with him early in the morning, I say, Lord, what guardrails do I need to create in my life? And then will you help me make them? Will you help? Show me some areas that get me stressed or tense or angry and help me create those guardrails. Point number five is to seek wise counsel because we are not meant to live life alone. You're not meant to experience grief by yourself. And on the flip side, even if you're experiencing joy, I encourage you to not experience joy by yourself, but actually bring it, into the community and the body of Jesus Christ so that you can encourage others. So with Seeking Wise Counsel, the first step is just to join a small group at Vision Church. We have many small groups that you could be in your walk. We have young adults. We had plenty last week at uh, last Sunday night's gathering. It was wonderful. We were able to encourage one another. We were able to pray for one another. We have men. We have women. We have students. Get into a small group, and within that, you can seek wise counsel from in that group. You maybe need to take it a little more serious and join an Alcoholics Anonymous group, Gamblers Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, and get some professional accountability in your life where if you know every time you walk into the bar that it just turns you into a completely different person, you have to, like I said, first of all, admit you need help. And then you say, I'm gonna create some guardrails and I don't know how to do this on my own, but I need a professional in my corner and I also need need a coach who's willing to smack my hand if I make a mistake lovingly because I want this guardrail bad enough, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Maybe you need to get a licensed counselor. I had one at one point. I've known plenty of people who have had a counselor in their life. And just because you have a counselor, it does not mean you're weak, but it's actually the opposite. It shows that you had the strength to get what you need. And some people just say, well, Christians don't need, if you get a counselor, you're not a Christian, they're, they're stupid, they're wrong. That is not true. You can have a counselor in your corner. I I especially recommend a Christian counselor, but it's okay to have someone in your corner saying, I I may know a little more about you because I studied this in school and I'm going to use God's word and textbook knowledge to help bring you out of this situation. Getting a counselor is okay. And if someone looks down on you, get them out of your corner. Maybe your marriage is trashed right now. Well, don't just sit on your hands and expect it to get better. Newsflash, no one cares about it besides you. You have to be the one to say, I'm gonna initiate change. Maybe your finances are in the garbage disposal right now. Newsflash, no one cares about them besides you. That may be the first time you've ever heard that, but nothing's gonna change until you decide to change. So what am I saying? If you're dealing with so many tough emotions from your marriage, don't just sit on your hands and watch Netflix. First of all, turn off that demonically-based program and get yourself into a counselor's office with the woman or the man that you've pledged the rest of your life with to serve and say, we're going to work this thing out for better, for worse, for sickness, and in health, and I'm not going to let the devil derail what God originally blessed. No one's going to change it for you. You have to change. Maybe you're stuck in a career and you say, well, I'm just punching the clock every day until I retire, until social security takes care of me. It's still here. I'm just, gonna, I'm just gonna keep doing it. No, no one's gonna change a career for you. Maybe you need to seek a counselor for personal development so you can actually have joy for the first time ever in your life when you clock in. If you live for Saturday and Sunday so much more than the weekdays, this is something you may need to consider. Work is not always a party. You're not throwing balloons every day. I'm honest, I like my job most days. And some people in here today may say, I would give anything to say that. So I'd recommend if you need to create a guardrail and say, hey, you know what? I'm not gonna quit my job and be homeless right now, but I'm going to set a guardrail and say, I'm not gonna do this for six more months, for X amount of months. I'm going to seek wise counsel. I'm gonna speak with a pastor or someone here in our care team. I'm gonna seek a counselor, someone to help me through that. Or finally, you may need to speak to an addiction specialist. On a more serious note, if you get so angry every time you're around a bottle and you need some professional help, there is no shame in that. Again, professional help, also spiritual help. Put some brothers around you to help you with that. Finally, with point number five, you need a 2 a.m. friend. Pastor Matt speaks about this a lot, but you need to have at least one person in your corner that you can call at 2 a.m. no matter what. Whether you stole a car and you crashed it whether you accidentally hit your spouse. Whether you accidentally let the stove on and your house burned down. I'm, I'm talking about intense situations. Whether you're thinking about killing yourself. You need to have someone in your corner say, even if it's just one person, I have at least one 2 a.m. friend that I can call and will be there for me. And if you don't have one of those, there's no shame, there's, there's no guilt in that. But you can set a guardrail and say, hey, you know what, my guardrail is I'm not gonna not have a 2 a.m. friend two months from now. And I'm going to do anything and everything I can to connect with people, to join small groups, and so I can get more people in my corner. Number six, the last one, you got to praise in the valley. You have to praise in the valley. A victim mindset will never take you to where God wants you to be. Psalm 34:1 says, I will praise the Lord no matter what happens. I will praise the Lord whether I get the promotion or whether I get fired. I will praise the Lord whether my marriage works or whether he or she leaves me. I will praise the Lord whether I just got my first million or whether I just lost my home. I'll praise the Lord whether I just got that new bench personal record at the gym or whether I just got the doctor's support and I'm gonna be handicapped. I will praise the Lord no matter what happens. Now I'm gonna share a little tip about this. Christians don't necessarily have fewer problems, we're just better at solving them because we know who's on our team. And I I want you to hear, that is not pride for me saying that yep, I can do it, but it's saying I've humbled myself under the mighty hand of God. I took the first step in saying I admit that I need help and because I rely on Jesus Christ, I have an advocate. I don't have to go fight this. You just sit still, the Lord will fight for you. So right now, I'm going to challenge you with a faith step. You have a little piece of paper on a little piece of paper on your chair, and I will say this is not for everyone. Some of you may be in a wonderful spot right now. You may have the most margins, the most money, the most friends, the best job, and this may not be for everyone. And your job now is instead of writing. I want you to start praying. Yes, instead of listening to me, I want you to start praying for people who are dealing with tough emotions. You start praying, dear Holy Spirit, I pray for you. And I want you to just pray for people in this room right now who are going through a valley. Because what I'm gonna do, if you are dealing with some type of emotion that has just been gripping you for years or maybe just this past week, I want you to write it on that card. Whenever I tell you to, you're gonna have 60 seconds and I'm gonna challenge you to do something bold with it. So before you write that down, I encourage you to pray and ask the Holy Spirit in this time, Holy Spirit, what do I need to release today? You have 60 seconds. Just go ahead and write on your card. And if you're not writing anything, I want you to pray for those who are. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed, God, I'm just praying that right now that you will just pierce through any walls that anyone may have set up. God, I pray that you would just pierce through any emotions of anger, frustration, loneliness, stress, abandonment, maybe the spirit of offense, maybe the spirit of suicide. You may have been dealing with the emotions of an eating disorder to the point where you're even wondering if you can make it a few more weeks because of how few calories your body's taking in. You may be dealing with the emotions of why does no one love me? You may be dealing with the emotions of saying, God, is my car gonna get taken next week by the bank? And that stress is just overriding you. You may be dealing with the stress of saying, will I ever find the one? Will I ever even have just one friend? And right now, as one church writer, we just pray together for anyone who is dealing with those tough emotions, Lord. With writing them on this card, God, we're just laying it at your feet symbolically and saying, God, we trust you. We trust that I can't do this on my own, and we need you. In Jesus' name, amen. So now with those cards, and if you still need to write, that's totally fine, but I'm going to challenge some of you to make an an exchange this morning. I don't want you to fold up that card and put it in your pocket and carry it around so anytime you feel lonely, you pull it out and say, oh, that's right, I forgot, I am battling with loneliness. That's right. I don't want you to do that. I want to go in here. We're gonna shred it this morning. So I'm gonna challenge some people who have boldness this morning I want you to bring it to the front and make an exchange at the altar. But when you do that, church family, you have a job. Our job is to cheer, to shout, and we're going to praise the Lord no matter what. We're going to praise the Lord because I wanna tell you why. This person, whoever's about to do this, has enough faith to praise in their valley. They're coming up here saying, I may not know how I'm gonna even get through to, I'm not even, I may not even know how I'm gonna get to tomorrow, but God, I'm gonna destroy it at your altar. So I want to do a test run real quick. Michael Walker, come up here. And we're not gonna have one at a time. After this, we'll have as many people come up as they want. I'm gonna count to three, and on three, I want you to drop it in that shredder And church family. Your job is to applaud, to cheer, And the spirit of joy is going to be in this place this morning. You ready? One, two, three. Come on. Come on. Come on. All right. Next. Next. Come on. Come on. Whoever wants to, drop it. Bring it in there, Michael. Get that thing in there. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. That's card stock. That can't shred. Bring it in there. Bring it in there. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. It's not liking it it's okay we're just gonna put it just bring it right in that can put it in there come on we're striving this morning come on keep keep cheering keep praising god you're big enough you're strong enough lord you're strong enough god you're more than able who am i to deny what the lord can't do god come on we trust you this morning we're bringing it to you you're laying at the feet of the altar come on bring it in there we'll destroy him later we'll destroy him later Come on, in Joshua 6, they had to shout before the walls came down. You're laying them down. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We praise you, God. Come on, we're getting rid of them. We're getting rid of them. Put that junk in there, put that junk in there. Forget about it, forget about it. It's gone, leave it in there. It's gone, put it in there. Anyone else, come on, throw that garbage away. Come on, come on, put that garbage away. Right here, right here, right here. Right here, it's gone. It's gone. Put that junk in there. I love it. 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 There's more trash. Does anyone have any more trash? Come on. We have some trash. We have some trash. Any more? Is there any more? Any more trash? We worship you. We love you, God. Any more trash? We got one more in the back. Come on. Bring it up. When he drops this in, we're going to go nuts. One. Two, three. It's gone. It's gone. It's... Get out of here. It's gone. Hallelujah. Dear God, we love you. And God, we thank you that we can make an exchange at your altar. That trash is gone. I'm trading my sorrows and my shame for the joy of the Lord today. So God, I thank you for the faith and the hope and the expectation, God, of what you're gonna do. God, I pray that you just honor the seeds that people have sowed this morning of the boldness and of just the faith, God, even if it's just a mustard seed of faith, that you can do what you promised. And I'm not sure what valley everyone's going through but God, I know that you'll be there with them. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And still with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, God, I pray that you just meet us here again today. And as we sing this song of you keeping hope alive, we just invite you here, Lord, because you are the one who can fix the problem of sin. Not our own might not our own power, only you, Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. So in this next song, we're gonna continue worship. If you need prayer, our care team members will be up here at the front. And what you wanna do, I actually wanna scatter these out a little bit because as our team jumps around and worships God, we're gonna dance on these this morning. We're gonna dance on them this morning. So I'm gonna invite our worship team back up here. If you need prayer, if you just need to come and kneel and bow in God's presence, we're here for you this morning. Jesus Christ, we love you. All God's people said, amen. Thank you for joining us today on the Vision Church podcast. We hope that you were able to experience God in a real and powerful way today. If you just made the decision to accept Jesus, then congratulations. We would love to celebrate with you. Visit viz.church slash salvation, and we would love to meet you along with mailing you a free gift. We would also love to have you join us for church in person or on the Vision Network this Sunday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Head on over to viz.church/rsvp to let us know you're coming. As always, we are here for you, and we love to pray for you in any way that we can. Send us a DM on Instagram at viz.church, and a team member will be in touch shortly. Thanks again for joining us, and God bless.